Meet us around the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hit us up on the email. On the, sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so before we actually get into video games, I need to define what Japanese horror actually is and some of the tropes that we're going to be looking at because that's, like, that's key. So there is a lot of kind of slides here, so forgive us. But uh, yeah, the main difference, or the main like, factor of Japanese horror is uh, psychological horror, tension building, suspense, supernatural, and it usually involves some sort of ghosts or poltergeist or something like that, and has keys of uh, possession, exorcism, <coughs> shamanism, precog, and basically anything that isn't physical. That's the main kind of key that we're looking at. And a lot of games that we're going to be talking about, it's more in the mind rather than something that's actually trying to get you. And um, why? It's because like, a lot of Japanese horror is rooted in its culture. So like, horror in general is what scares us, right? So in Irish culture, we have you know the Banshee, um, the Dullahan, all that kind of stuff, Nuns. right? Nuns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we're we're actually Catholicism in general is a big thing of Irish horror. You know, we're pretty scared of that kind of stuff. And even even in American Western horror, that is a big thing, right? Same thing in Japan. It's rooted in its religion and maybe Shintoism and Buddhism and the fact that it's so, like, they're not super strict on it, right? So you can kind of be both or one or the other. And it's all ancestor cult, right? So with the Shinto, it's worth, literally worship of the dead. So you can bring them back, everybody has a soul. And a lot of the religious practices there are appeasing the ancestors. And that's where we get really spooky ghosts from, right? So, um... Yes, basically, if you do something bad, they're going to come back and haunt you. Also, stuff is, is tied to different parts of um, different areas. So, we have haunted houses in the West. There's haunted cemeteries, or even streets. I don't know if you guys, um, we're going to touch on this later, but Creepypasta, who reads Creepypasta here? Yeah, great. Uh, similar kind of idea, and you're going to see how that's tied into it now. But yeah, Shintoism and Buddhism, very important. So, as I said, folklore is a huge thing. So, these are some of my favorites that I picked up. Yeah. Yeah. Star people. So, yeah, like, you know, you can kind of see how this is related going forward, uh, where folklore really is super, super important. Um, the Snow Woman is one of my personal favorites, actually. And basically, she's a woman who died in the snow, and in order to take revenge, she becomes a ruthless killer. So, she goes in and if you're a traveller, she will approach you and then slice your head off or just kill you by freezing or whatever. So that is a thing. Another one that's really good. Yeah, all good. Yeah, yes, thank thank you. you very much. Uh, no, no, all good. good. Got it, sorry. Thank you. Now, back to the snow woman of death. Microphone's in there. I know. But yeah, like the snow woman is cool. But what's more interesting is um, the well-known ghost of inanimate objects. Right, so that's a thing that's going way back. Uh, into the 16th, 17th century, where objects actually become cursed and posted. Now it's in the internet culture as cursed gifts or cursed memes or whatever, right? This is something that's going through. So usually the, the thing is that this, the ghost is tied to where hum, to human tools. So the essence of humans is in a tool and it becomes cursed. So yeah, similar to like haunted houses or something like that. This one is super important. So who likes Harry Potter? Yo! Okay. <laughs> right, so this is uh, very similar to Moan and Myrtle, where basically uh, this, this, the legend is that a small girl is trapped inside an elementary school and she haunts bathrooms. It's extremely common, and from what I've seen, there's a lot of it, right? Also, if you whisper her name, she'll pop up, like the Bloody Mary thing. So there are lots of crossover here, and that's why we're able to kind of... We're scared, 
humans do two things. They're hungry and they get scared. Everyone gets hungry and gets scared. And all throughout the world we're able to see different kind of pinpoints in this. So yeah, she's super important and she will come back. <coughs> Alright, so now we're going to get into it. So where did this change, right? Basically the internet. You know, I, I remember uh, I remember being younger and you would see... The only way you'd see Japanese horror movies like Ichi the Killer or whatever would be, you know, you'd have to get DVDs, right, from <coughs> wherever. Or, you knew, or your mate had them. But then when the internet kind of grew up into it, you start hearing about more and you got your list into it. So the ring was kind of like where this access point started coming in. So the ring obviously was in 1998, um, Japanese horror movie. E everyone has seen the ring or Ringu, right? Okay, obviously. And can I just ask, does this link into the objects can being cursed theme? Is that it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, this, this kind of sets up the, the perception of how we in the West started to adapt Japanese horror and what we think it is. This is like the stereotypical thing because everyone's seen it. And then when The Ring came out in 2002, it really kind of set in stone that this is how we perceive it, right? So yeah, so The Ring, in its way, is like the classic Japanese ghost story. Literally, uh, <laughs> she's a ghost, she wears white, her hair is long, she looks super spooky, and she exists outside the mortal realm. She isn't like Jason, who will hack you to bits. She's a spooky ghost, it's going to get you no matter what you do, right? At a certain amount of time, and that's what's important. In Western horror, um, you know, we have, okay, who, who's a big horror fan Western horror? Slashers? Yeah, okay, so, you know, Jason, Freddy, all that kind of stuff. Sounds, well, did, well, would you say Freddy kind of the same? Yeah, I'd say, but can I just ask before you go further than this, what do you think is different in Western horror, like, at least up to this point? Like, yeah, what, well, that's what, the, what are Western fears? Well, that's what I'm getting at, right? And, okay. oh, that's, that's in the next slide. Ah, so we're going to prepare for I have a chance to read this <laughs> and jump in the gun a bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'll jump, I'll jump back to this. But these are a trope, right? So on the right-hand side, we have the West. On the left, we have... Uh, Japanese horror, right? So, uh, classic Japanese ghost talked about that technology as a weapon, right? So, there's been loads of different movies that came out uh, around this time. One Missed Call, uh, The Ring, uh, and a few others, which I'm completely just back on. The Grudge, thank you so thank much. You. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, where technology is the weapon, right? I, how many people, when they were younger, when they saw The Ring, just did not want the TV in the room? I was one, yes. And a mirror, that mirror, man. Freaking out, couldn't do it. So yeah, that was that was the thing. But that's very unique. As a cursed objects, where something gone all the way back into Japanese horror, it's just now with technology. How we deal with it is through technology, um, and you'll see how that kind of ties through. And also, it can be exploited through uh, through malicious entities. In the West, it's much more straightforward. Um, jump scares, jump scare city, right? Where everything you're going through. You, I, when I watch horror movies, you can kind of predict them. Where you're sitting there and you're like. Jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, and you just know what's going to happen. And that's one thing that we've taken from Japanese horror now, where the best horror movies, you can't predict jump scares. Jump scares are earned, they're not just cheap, you know. Uh, Slender Man, who's seen Slender, the movie, the terrible movie? Yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The game was good, though. The game was good, yeah, we will talk about that. The Shrek version is scarier. <laughs> <laughs> For me, at least. But no, that just relied on scary, spooky, scary jump scares, right? And that's kind of what, what, what uh, we've known all the way from the 80s, the 90s, into the 2010s. So also, there's no coverage, so you're being chased through a forest. That's about it. That's the most coverage you're gonna get. We've seen this exploited in different horror movies where 
it doesn't matter where you are, house, school, cinema, whatever, you're going to be got by a supernatural, uh, well, supernatural human that can't really be killed. The abandoned place, cabin in the woods, asylum, uh, church, where anywhere, you know, you, you, that's what we're going to look at. Vengeful spirit, a little bit of tie over. Death by sex uh, is a big thing. So if you have, you know, the scream rules, if you have sex, you're going to be killed. Which is kind of a Catholic thing, hangover. Yeah, about yeah, it's a, it's a cultural thing, you know, where the, the purity needs to be uh, kept in, and if you have sex, you're going to be killed. And then the final girl, which comes from Halloween, right? So there's always one girl that makes it out at the end. She's like your virginal. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. So Jamie Lee Curtis being like the the oh, main. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, so that's that's the main difference, and they're the tropes that we have. So for 20 years, up until the internet, this was horror. You know, I know, like, there's J Jason Voorhees, you know, who ended up going to space. He went to hell. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Freddy the same. Yeah, Freddy just became a children's character, despite being a child rapist. So, okay. As you do. Yeah. Um, the TV show, yeah. The TV show, yeah. Uh, I think he had a cartoon series in the 80s as that well. That happens, though. Like, Five Nights at Freddy's was popular with kids, you know. It's oh, yeah. yeah. He always undergoes that. Uh, you guys, Five Nights at Freddy's, guys, and that I'm seeing Oscar Wilde's. Explain who are you, by the way, uh, or is this just how you're dressed, which is perfect? Nice. That is even better. Thank you. So, uh, tell you what, before we go actually any further, uh, who's got a good example of like a Japanese kind of horror thing or horror movie that we haven't covered yet? Any ideas? Anyone? Any idea? Hands up. What about a you at the back? You at the back? That's a good one. Good. What about a Western one then? Something that kind of fits this. How about a Western one? Hands up. A really good Western horror. Hands up, hands up. Down back there, yeah? Cabin in the Woods? Yeah. I'm glad yep. you said Cabin in the Woods because we talked about this on the show. Cabin in the Woods is actually a really good example of having. Who here's seen Cabin in the Woods, by the way? Yeah. Hands up. Yeah, so pretty much most people in the room. So anyone who hasn't, we, we won't ruin the ending of it, but it's, it's a send up of a horror movie. But what's interesting about it is we only see it from the Western standpoint. So we see a horror movie that follows these tropes. Full of jump scares, it's literally a vengeful spirit in the woods of spirit of zombies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Carnival zombies, right? Yeah. Redneck. Uh, Redneck. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're picked off based on, um, you know, some of them get high, some of them have sex. And the ones that, and we have a final girl, a final guy, but the final guy is a, is a um, what's it, inversion of these tropes. Yeah. But what's interesting about that is, at the same time, and spoilers guys, if you haven't seen it, do watch it anyway, because it's fantastic, but it's spoilers are in, yeah. Yeah. But then we see that it's all part of appeasing the eldritch gods in different parts of the world, right? So we get to see the Japanese version of it, which follows That's what I wanted to bring up. Yeah. the left side. It's literally Samara in a school with small girls. Like, that's what it is. That's what their version of it is, right? Or even like Battle Royale. I know it's not strictly a horror, but that's the kind of saying kids abducted from their environment into yeah. a scary thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, same kind of idea. And that's why uh, Cabin of Woods is great because it does kind of play with that idea. Again, whoever said it, you've ruined the ending for us. <laughs> but it's okay. We go back around. I'm, I'm glad you guys actually get this because this is fun. All right. So we're going to kind of go into the PS2, right? So again, note, note the dates. There's nothing really here before 2000. So Silent Hill, someone's gone to shout Silent Hill. Yeah, that's 1999, but that's not PS2, and it's also, that game was not supposed to succeed. If anyone knows that where all the second-rate developers went to, they pumped it out and it became a success, so fair play. But we will be talking about Silent Hill 2, 3, uh, and yeah, we'll forget the others exist. Yeah. 
Well, since they're all PS2, can I just ask... What, for now. For now. For what now. makes... Why do you think the PS2 era is the best for horror then? Because you've had a lot of more advanced machines come out since then. Yeah, but graphics don't... Alright, so PS2 was like the most successful console of all time. Everyone here has probably seen a PS2 or owns one or has played yes. one, right? And I would, as I said, if you haven't, go and, go and get one. Like, they're great. But it's just because they were so ubiquitous. You know, you could just you could have your AAA games, you could have your lower tier games, you could have your shovelware all in the same system. Now we can't, right? It's, what, your AAA games costing a couple million and they're not going to take risks. So you're not going to get it. There are a couple of good ones on the PS4, but mainly, I mean, as we will see, indie games is where we kind of really start getting an impact on this. But for the time being, let's focus on this. Right. I jumped ahead a bit. Oh I jumped my ahead god, a bit. I can't take uh, all these images at once. Okay, right, so we'll just talk about them on this, right? So, so Siren is, again, a very similar kind of ring clone, right? Basically, that's what it is. It's set up that way. Fatal Frame, who's played Fatal Frame? All nice. of the whole series? No. Uh, can I just ask? You had a question or a point to add earlier. Did well, you, yeah, add you, did, you did. What about Resident Evil? I didn't see. Any good point. Yeah. Good point. I will talk about that in a, in a second. There's a reason why Resident Evil isn't there, but that's a very good point. Darren, hold, hold on to that one. Hold do on. Do you mind if I pause? Are there any other games that aren't on this list that you think might be worth inclusion, either Western or Japanese? Any hands up there? Any other horror games? Yes. There's one. I don't know the name of it, but it's like. Japanese or Korean, and it's this girl and Dreado. Dreado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dreado is fantastic. Um, I, I'm just going to show you because uh, that's actually one thing I wanted to keep on. I wanted to talk about, but so what we're going to do is we're going to let market marketplace help us on this because uh, why not? And just while I load that up, I'm going to get a few more suggestions. Yes. SCP That's also co also coming up next. Excellent. Yeah. Reviving, reviving. Yes. Yeah, just on the last one, we're comparing the two between the Japanese and kind of Western. Mm -hmm. If you think about, like, for example, the first Alien movie, that ticks most of the boxes for both of them, both mm -hmm. um, Japanese side and the Western side. And like the same thing with games like Alien Isolation. Mm. Like yep. they both, they like if, if you go back to like that slide, you you can see how like you got the same, you got the, the abandoned building, you got mm. the the unstoppable evil, you got the, the run through, the, the un, kind of the unstoppable run, um, and then, but you also have the, the psychological part as well. Yeah. So yeah, like on that point, like that's where we're going. We're going to see that with Alien Isolation, but there was that kind of trend from the 80s. The 70s is like, we talked about this on our show, we did a best horror series as well. So all that's up on nerdsnowmedia.com and our Spotify link uh, kind of stuff, it's all there. Do check that out and we do talk about 70s horror. We could talk about, we could talk six hours about, I could talk about six hours about 70s horror. I won't, but I could. <laughs> and that's where you get it. If you Can't want stop until nine, by the way. Yeah, if, if, if you want some great like, like horror in general, that's where the 70s. Because they were able to play with those ideas. So they play with those unstoppable, believable, um, full-on killers. You know, and that's what it was. But what happened was, start getting recessionized. Slashers became a joke. In our worst horrors, they were all slasher movies. Like, what was what it? Um, Valentine's Day. Valentine's oh, Day, Black Valentine. Christmas. You know, we lost that kind of stuff. So it's only in the video game genre did that start coming out. And that's where you start getting your alien isolations, um, your SCP contains breeds or whatever. So yeah, that's a great point. But I miss the 70s, man. Even though I wasn't even alive, 70s is great. But on the point of Dreadout, right? Dreadout is an Indonesian horror game. 
And I just want to play a clip of it because it's fantastic. Oh, you're on Mark's Yeah. So there's no sound, but you'll be able to see what's going on, basically. So this follows a girl, right? And basically the only way you're able to see it, it's like full-on darkness, right? So this is like full-on Japanese horror. But what I, like, what I like about it is the only way you can experience it is through your phone. Oh, so, yeah, and you have to defeat ghosts. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's basically a rip-off of Fatal Frame. <laughs> they ripped off Fatal Frame 100%, but I actually kind of like this more than Fatal Frame in some ways. Not Fatal Frame 2, because that's blasphemy. Better <laughs> <laughs> Frame 1 and 3, this is better than it. Um, and it is, basically the plot of it is, you're part of a schoolgirl group who go into an old school and it's haunted and the only way you can defeat ghosts is through your phone. And again... There's an app for that. Yeah, well, there is. Um, but what I like about this is, is the actual atmosphere of it in general. You know, you're on your own, there's no one else there, you're lost, and all, you have an ongoing battery, like your battery depletes. And it is just a really, really unique way of doing it. And it's something that you wouldn't get outside of the indie sphere nowadays because we haven't caught up there yet. We're still going, we need to have all the bullets. We need to have all the violence. And you don't. You just need a girl with her phone in a spooky place to have a good time. So, yeah. And as an amendment to that, your, your phone running out of battery is genuinely scary. Correct. Particularly when you're being hunted by ghosts. Uh, and, yeah, there and you go. See? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what I'd say, pick it up. It's on Steam now. It goes on sale all the time. So you get it for like six euro. But definitely, it's a must play if you're a fan of this. Yes, sir. Well, what about the Taiwan game, the detention? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, is, say, isn't that removed now? This no, is fantastic. That the other one. The other one. Yeah. I, sorry. Talk about that there. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't get a chance to play detention. There was a game that was removed because it defended the Chinese government. Uh, I can't think of the name. Yeah. Devotion. 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 That's Devotion. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I haven't played. I haven't played Detention, but um, it's it's fairly like yeah. Like how you've talked. It has like you're you're playing these two kids who are like after staying after school, and the whole time there's like these random like ghosts that come across. You have to like hold your breath. Nice. And let them pass. And oh to well. Get to different parts, you have to solve like little puzzles and yeah, it's all about that. That's fantastic, actually. I'll, I'll play that later. I'm actually looking for something to play. I've got, uh, for prepping for this, I've played a bunch of games now on this. Um, but, yeah, I, I will pick that one up because that sounds like a lot of fun. Okay, so why we didn't talk about Resident Evil? Res everyone knows it? No, it's not that. The first Resident Evil, uh, they're not really horror games in the same oh, way. Let me, finish. let me finish, let me finish. In the sense... They weren't real horror games until recently. The first one is more like a gun and a run and gun kind of thing, and they kind of went on that way, you know. And it's it's because of our direct uh, application of it. This is a game called Silent Blood Curse, and this is more close to who's played Silent Blood Curse? Yeah, two people, of course. Uh, <laughs> right. So the game though, basically involves a third-person perspective, where you're going through and you have no weapons for most of it. You're just on your own. And compared to Resident Evil, where you have limited weapons, that's the difference. You still have to shoot zombies. With Silent Book Curse, you can't because it's a systemic ghost. And you're being haunted no matter what. Plus, you play most of the game as a five-year-old, as an eight-year-old girl. So, you know, all due respect to Chris Renfield. Uh, you know, he's a soldier, right? So, it, it's... I've never really been scared playing Resident Evil. Um, and that's not to say that... You can't be, but Resident Evil, uh, Biohazard, the most recent one, uh, Resident Evil 7. A 7, yeah, exactly. That kind of goes back to it, and that's because of this kind of transition away from an action-heavy uh, action focus, which we'll see how that happened 
But no, Siren Blood Curse is fantastic. It really is. Right, traditional games. This is when we start kind of hitting the, the Western kind of things. So who played Fear? Yes. This is a good crowd, man. Yeah, yeah, I love this. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if someone could sneak out and bring Saki, I think we're going to have a great time here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, Sorry, go on there. so Fear kind of takes the, takes the, um, the supernatural uh, stereotypical approach and basically puts you in it as a military, uh, military unit, right? So first response... Uh, sorry, first encounter assault uh, unit, right? Assault recon. Assault recon, that's it. And um, yeah, so you're like, oh, Derek, but you said soldiers can't can't be in horror games. The difference is you can't really fight her. You know, I remember playing this game and playing it on the PC. And I had a shotgun and she appeared and scared the hell out of me. <laughs> I just did nothing. You know, you're being haunted this whole time through this. And basically the plot to boil it down super quick. You're, you're responding to a supernatural event where all the soldiers there are turn on you. So your former unit are killing everybody and you don't know what's going on. And it's because this girl here is basically a god. She's a small little god who is very angry that her unborn was taken away from her. That's boiling it down to its most uh, basic thing. But it was released 13 years ago. So this is 2006. This is when the internet started kind of really taking off. So we start getting broadband and stuff. So that's how I found out about this, and it feels like games that would kind of go through. When you're playing it, and you play more recent games, you're like, this is where they got it from, this is where they got it from, and yeah, it's great. So I just want to kind of play the trailer of it, so you can kind of have a bit of a look. So yeah, enjoy my, enjoy my hacker screen. <laughs> okay. So yeah, like... Do you have uh, sound there? No, there's no sound on the over here. Yeah. Oh no, you might be able to hear it. The three people in that those three seats there can hear us. The evil that you know. Or the evil that you don't know. hear that all right yeah yeah oh, cool all right grand so yeah i guess we can just play this off this um yeah right so what you've seen how it was kind of adapted there this was made by sierra so it's very much more a western western influence than what we've seen so far yeah i find it weird that they made it so actually kind of when it's that's what happened yeah so this is this is where the, where the triple a game game and scene went to and this is what happened to the resident evil series right where they moved away from full-on terror to more, I can shoot this thing with my shotgun. 
But this one, it was like a transition point. It was, if I had it kept going this way, it would have been fine. And we kind of work back to that now on the independence scene, which we'll talk about. But Fear is still fantastic. If you haven't played Fear, dig it out. Um, it is actually worth your time. But I want to say something controversial now. Fear 3 was released in 2011, so that's eight years ago. And it's a full-blown full first-person shooter. Full-blown, like action, 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 action heavy. And it lost all its, all its horror. It's just not a scary game. It's like uh, Resident Evil, what was it, 5? Like, and 6. Resident Evil 5 and 6, where it's more just kind of focused on shooting things. Yes, sir? Curious, where does Dead Space fit into all of this? Oh, Ooh, good point. Yes. It fits into this transitional period as well, right? So Dead Space was released around the same time. 2008. Yeah, around the same time, exactly. So in between Fear 1 and Fear 3, that's when they're like, right, we can play with this. But even look what happened to Dead Space 3. It just became garbage, filled with microtransactions. Well yeah. then, sorry, you go first. Sorry, go. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just remembering the, um, one of the Call of Duty games, just suddenly at the end, here's a zombie mod. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but we had no idea what it, that it was there. It's like, what do we do? Yeah. Shoot it. And that's going to carry through now. Like yeah. The whole thing is, you know, we'll just tack this on at the end. I, like, the perception of it was, people are scared of zombies, but we don't know why, let's shoot them. And it removes the whole point because it's not its not scary once you can kill things, right? Yes, sir. But that's sort of a follow-up to what I was going to ask because would you agree that a lot of horror would rely on the person playing the game to surrender an element of the ability to fight back, whereas a lot of AAA games might appeal to the average consumer who prefers having full control over their experience? That's a fair point, yeah, yeah. Well, it goes back to what we said, right? So in the West, again, the Western horror tropes where you're fighting either a supernatural killing machine like Michael Myers or Jason, right? So you, you have a shot, but you're still not going to be able to kill it because it's going to keep getting back up. And same thing happened with Alien, where it's literally an alien, right? In Japanese horror, it was something you couldn't necessarily kill in conventional means. You had to find a way around it to cure, to heal the wound of whatever it was, because it comes from like, you know, uh, a more kind of material realm. Uh, in games, it's just got because it's just what's it like the Xbox 360 really kind of pushed FPSs, right? And I love the Xbox 360, but it really kind of let's just shoot and kill as much things as we can, and that's why we had the tacked on uh, zombie mod because everything kind of became like Call of Duty, and that was just because that's what that's what sold, that's what people wanted. The average consumers was pushing this across. That didn't exist in the PS2 era, which is why I'm saying the PS2 era is where you should go for your horror games because that wasn't a factor gaming was still relatively cheap and it was it was popular but it exploded once the xbox 360 came up so that's basically why to the next game there, Tara, yeah what do you think makes and i say this as probably the most normie in the room <laughs> what do you think makes a really good horror game as opposed to a really good horror movie because the tropes you use kind of overlap the same thing the same thing because it's an experience and a story so if you're trying to the great thing about gaming is you can actually have, you can experience it because you know you're actually playing, you're actually there. Mm. Horror movies, it's through a screen, so you, there's that detachment, but it's still giving you that sense of um, sense of story. So yeah, like you can kind of overlap. We have more people. No, we don't. All right. So this is the part where we go into the West, right? So slender. yeah, slender. Uh, ghost, ghost. Please go on. The SDP Foundation and then indie horror, right? So. I remember when Slender first came out. Uh, if you, there's like people who are younger than me and slightly the same age as me, 
Um, who remembers when standard the A pages came out on your dial-up internet? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this was a game that just appeared. The A pages, and you'd, you'd go through the forest. Name was Pages. So I'm not going to play here. You go through the forest collecting pages, and then boom, he'd pop up and it'd be like, "Oh, super scary!" Right. So that's that was the first real. Wow. This is this feels very like something I've played many years ago, but never from this angle. Right. Why? Well, quick pasta was a thing. Everyone in the stream has probably read or seen Creepypasta or knows what's going on. Slender, obviously, is like the most famous one from a couple of years ago. Um, and yeah, he became a thing. Then the movie came out like four years too late and it was terrible. But Slender the Arrival, for anyone who hasn't played it, it is... It's great. You know, it genuinely is fantastic. You start off in a house and you're trying to find your friend. What's going on? Same thing is a lot of it's through the camera. So as you can see here, you know, it is all kind of timed. So there is that, you have no weapons. You can't do anything. You just, you're dropped in the middle of it and it is given up that control. So compared to a more action heavy game of the same time, what are you gonna be able to do, you know? Who, who completed it? Did anyone complete it here? Did anyone get the eight pages as well, by the way? I, I, most people here got the eight pages. The eight I pages didn't. were free. Really? It was, it was too scary. scary. Thank you, someone else. Fair, okay, fair point. Fair point, fair point. <laughs> But uh, what's interesting about the arrival is it was you can get it now for like on PS4 you can get it for eight euros. It was on sale for three, so do pick it up if you're interested. It's the most kind of like it's normy, but it's not. So it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so just pick it up. Right. Okay. So containment breach. So SCP containment breach is another free open source. This is completely free. You can download it and run it. Maybe hit it with antivirus first, just in case. Um, and this again comes from Creepypasta all around the SCP Foundation, which is a statistical foundation which has everything. So Eldritch Horror, a machine that dispenses all kind of liquids, including the blood of Christ, oh, which is, sense. yeah, no, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then it also has, you know, basically sure. everything. Yeah, it has everything. Like we could just see her all day on it. We might like do a panel. There's a weird SCP, SCP 4 and I think they're Beatles, a colony of Beatles. Can I just say insects or musicians? Which no, 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 okay. insects. Okay. Oh, oh, thank you. SCP-410 editor Beatles. The economy of 14 Beatles and uh, give them a piece of paper with um, like they can pretty much correct any any piece of paper with errors or any document whatsoever, which leave in an hour later it will be corrected. Well, I just say it's really useful. Yeah, it is, it is, it's useful. It's very useful, yeah. <laughs> my, my, Some SCPs aren't, aren't scary. Some of them are just... Weird. Weird, yeah. yeah. Now, my, my favourite one is actually the... Um, Maker of Chains is a good one, though. No, my favourite one is the, the Plague Doctor. Oh, he's great, yeah. Plague, doc yeah. plague Doctor's... I'll cure you, and then... No, no. <laughs> <laughs> play, 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 you're dead. Plague, do <laughs> plague Doctor's good, and so is... Um, but to, I like the city, the city of London. Yeah. To complete, yeah, that's a great one as well. Actually, we might do that. We might do an SCP special show. Yeah, guys, listen, email us in with these because these these are good. But here, I just want to play a bit of the arrival because this is this is fun. And you'll you, you, see on. And there's no commentary on this. So. So yeah, as you can see, super stripped down. All you have is the flashlight. And you're pretty much just exploring. This first level is still actually quite scary, and it does kind of get worse from here. But um, yeah, like 
as you said, what are you going to be able to do? You, you have no idea what's going on. There's writing all over the wall. It's just super creepy and super spooky. It's a haunted don't place. Even notice him. Yeah, you don't notice him. All they have is the flashlight. That's it. Now, anytime I play, I usually look out the window and he's there looking at me and then I lose my shit completely. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else is going to have to open the door for uh, the after this panel. <laughs> this is great. Guys, guys, this, this is a great game. You really should play it. Super fun. <laughs> Yeah, you usually see him there now. Uh, but like this, this, this was more more scary than pretty much anything for the past like ten years, until re until recently. Yeah. So there you go, like drenched with atmosphere, like. Complete, there you go. And the screen shakes when he's close, so we're probably going to see him eventually. <laughs> you didn't say there'd be clips. Didn't know we'd have internet. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. So buy it. <laughs> buy it. As, as an amendment to that, if you walk into a room and someone's like got bloody writing on the walls and all that kind of stuff, leave. And whoever says next to you, oh yeah, this room, yeah. just leave. Yeah. <laughs> and never talk to that person again. I, I did capture who was in the audience. Well done. Was it you? We were getting on so well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, back to you, Dara. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of what you can expect and that kind of set the... Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. go on there. Outlast is actually on the next slide. Is it? Yeah. So we're going to talk about So we get to that in a second. Another question there, yeah. Would you say that because you said that horror uh, games be eventually just became like these shoot 'em up, you know. Yeah, FPS, which have their merit. Would you say that indie games have now sort of brought back that sense of the yeah. Japanese horror, like brought yeah. it back to the society. Yeah, and that's kind of where we're getting near close to the end now, and this is this is like the, the final point in it. Before you go on, do you mind if we take a few points to the back? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, yourself on what is my left you're right. There. Yeah, you. Um, have you heard of the game, of the game Darkwood? Darkwood, I've heard of it, I haven't heard, I have it on the PS4, I haven't played it yet. Is it good? Okay, yeah. Very I'm going nice. to take my so, cue from the guy who shook his head. Yeah. <laughs> 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 very nice. Thank you very much. And you had your hand up there as well. Yeah. Uh, just with regards to Slenderman and bringing it into the Japanese kind of culture kind of thing, do you know the um, egg-faced people in Akarabu? Yes. Kind of basically, I was kind of of the I was of the opinion that Slenderman was kind of inspired by that because now the Nakarabu were kind of like the egg-faced people where mm. they're kind of like a creepypasta kind of urban legend in of themselves where you'd be walking certain areas at night in Japan and there'd be like just this kind of person in a suit kind of completely featureless basically like Slenderman yeah. there is an opinion that they're basically kind of like the Tanuki who are like the raccoons who shapeshift and they have to do that to adapt and they're not very good at it m
teleportation. Well, that's it. Like there, there is. I'm sorry, a... can I just say you sorry. said shape shifting raccoons without context. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what I was expecting. Like, is this just normal to everyone else? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, back but, to you. No, but on that point, like you know, it's a, a lot of this stuff. A lot of what scares us. There are common threads. Like obviously, it's influenced by different things, by different cultures, right? So it's like a different kind of thing. So how we're raised depends on what we find scary, right? And that's it. Like, but there are shared things. No matter where you're from, if you see someone spooky in a suit without a face, you're like, oh, dude, no. <laughs> so yeah, it all depends. But it's what you encounter, and it's it's going to be these kind of different things. So a lot of it's got to do with cultural memory, and then just as our experience as being human. But yeah, great point. That's. Hell man, if that ever happens to me, I'm ruined. What, a shape-shifting raccoon? Or, or even still, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we had another question there. So, man. Uh, just, just on the white one makes it creepy. It's, like it's very uncanny valley with like, Slender Man. For sure, right? The face and the, the slightly long arms and stuff. Yeah. But it's like, it's that kind of... That's why it was successful, you know? It was, it was on the... What, it was on the B-board, was it? Yeah, I think it was on the B-board on 4chan where it originated. Something awful, that was it. Sorry, I spent too much time on Fortran. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, something awful. And it was done by Lieutenant Surge after a competition. And basically he just took pictures that were normal pictures in the circuit. And that's what it was. It's just this kind of spooky weirdness in normality, right? So as I said, you see a picture of kids, not very spooky, depending on what kind of kids they are. It could be like demons. And then you pop in a guy with a suit with long arms and you're like well man that's really spooky and that's that's kind of it and that's like it's just taking that banality and that's something that's unique for Japanese horror that was maintained and we lost it we had it in like the 70s and the 80s in the west totally gone out for crazy <coughs> slashers and it's something we saw with Slender there the arrival walking through a house not scary not scary holy crap there's these weird drawings oh my god I'm out you know it's like that's, that's kind of the same thing it's that uncanny valley what we experience and what we think is normal and where we feel safe it's all got to do where you feel safe. Most people feel safe in their homes. I do anyway, because I have loads of dogs. But, um, you know, you wouldn't really feel safe on the street normally. So horror, slashers would more, kind of, that's why you start moving into the home. Oh, you're preaching to the choir. I walked into yeah. a cave today. I didn't feel safe. Why, man? Caves are great. Are deadly. Yeah, but not to, like, randomers. <laughs> They're lost. Anyway. You've got another hand up down the back there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot about it, but another session has reminded me of It Follows. Mm. Ah. Yeah, same kind of idea. And what was it follows? An indie horror, right? Same thing happened with movies. It's like kind of like an analog. Most mainstream movies just became jump fests, jump scares. You know, I went to go see uh, Countdown. So you see, I see Countdown with the app that kills you. It's hilarious. Um, it's, it really is. It's super funny. Great recommendation for a horror movie. Oh yeah, but that's what I mean. Like. Most modern day horror movies aren't scary because they're not. They're just ridiculous. Uh, but like with It Follows, it was an indie, an indie horror movie that is genuinely terrifying. Taking something that shouldn't be, should be fun, and turning it into an unkillable uh, presence. Same thing, you know. It's taking what where we feel safe and turning it on its head. Before we go on, Darren, I'm afraid to say we are on the home stretch. We only have about five minutes left. That's so. Okay. Um, is there any one of these games that we haven't got to that you want to highlight yeah. super quickly? So, we'll throw it over to Q&A very quickly. So this, this is our final kind of point, right? These games, and this is just a smattering, you type in modern horror games and these are going to pop up, right? Condemned is great, actually. If anyone's never played the Condemned, that's fantastic. Hands up, who's played Condemned? Yeah. You. Yeah, great, yeah. Excellent. Condemned is great. Yes. It, it's, it's actually, by the, I think it's by the same developers of Fear, if I'm wrong, Monolith. Yeah, I think Monolith did it, I'm not too sure. Um, but it is fantastic. 
Amnesia is like the big one, right? So that's when we start kind of getting this transition into modern indie horror games. Transition was made by the same people as Amnesia, by the way. Yes. Games. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and yeah, Amnesia was like the first kind of like, oh, if you played this game, you play this game. No, no, play it. And then it became a huge thing. And then we kind of jumped into Soma um, and eventually came full circle Resident Evil. Resident Evil actually became scary again, right? And it's, you know, genuinely it was probably one of the best in the series. But the ultimate kind of like game that people would point to about the most renaissance of modern horror games, Alien Isolation, which you guys brought up, um, it's, yeah, it's something else. It's great. And compared to Colonial Marines, which is fun in all of itself. Oh, that's great. Which is fun in all of itself. Um, Alien getting stuck in the corner. But that's, you know, it, it returned that kind of, you know, you're playing as uh, Ripley's daughter, very limited ammo, no space, you know, basically, Everything that you, that you need to be scared is there. They just replaced a traditional Japanese coat of paint on it and put like one of the scariest Western icons of horror we have in the Xenomorph. So if you haven't played it, pick it up. It's, it is fantastic. You'll have a great time and be scared the hell out of it. But yeah. pick any one of these games. Even there's a fear of that, actually. Um, but yeah, they're all super fun. Basically, around the same time, we had that transition towards um, what horror was. It just wasn't from the mainstream. So, you know, you have... Google stuff, basically. And we come full circle. It's <laughs> the So, you know, these kind of tropes became so, they were unique and all that kind of stuff, but became so ingrained that they became a parody. So this is from Cabin in the Woods where, you know, uh, this Count Samara is defeated. Uh, in case you can't read it, now Kiko's spirit will live in the happy frog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, questions? Excellent, yes, uh, yourself. What's your take on like, games like Until Dawn and all the Telltale? Good, because I love that game. Yeah, Until Dawn is super fun. Um, it's scary, like. It's not really, it's more kind of like the story of it. It's like, uh, what's that game that came out? No, um, oh, it's gone now. Choose Your Way, like. Yeah, no, it was. The new one? Well, funnily enough, what I will say is this is actually a game I've played. It is a good example of a slasher movie. Yeah, yeah, it's a movie, it's a game as a movie. And I enjoyed it. I picked it up for like, what, 12 quid there a while ago and played it. And I was like, oh, this is fun. I like Rami Malek. I was like, this is fun. Cheerleader. Yeah, it was cool. But if more games were like that, it's a good stopgap, but it's not the same thing because you're not really experiencing it. It's like playing Heavy Rain, where it's fun, but you're not really there. It's just kind of something you're going through. More for the graphics and the story. Yeah, it's a good story. It's yes. a, like an interactive movie. They have yeah. a new one coming out. The oh, fantastic! Yeah. It's on the, on the ship. Okay. Oh, yeah. Definitely stick around. Are there any other questions before yeah, we wrap up for our uh, we have like three, experts? We have, we'll take three more. Yeah. Okay, three, okay. three seems fair. Yourself there. Yeah. So, oh. Is how do you, what do you think about it? how is Outlast like uh, take any elements from the Japanese horror? I feel like it's very Western. It is it, no, it is very Western, and that's what I'm saying. It took about fourteen to sixteen years to get to that point where people are like, right, we can't fuse the two, and you get games like Fear, you get games like Outlast, and you even get games like Hold on to go back, you get games like um, Dead Space where they take stuff that you would normally expect in Japanese horror, but put a Western coat of paint on, as in, more guns, shoot the thing, or whatever. And Outlast is probably, is like the outlier in that, but I would say, basically, by taking away the folklore element of it, and the kind of killability, adding the killability of it, it does lose something. But the overall feel and atmosphere is there, and that's where it's kind of coming from. 
But then again, you know, it's not pure. Like it's not a, it's not a pure Japanese horror game. So of course it's gonna be Western, right? Yeah, don't, yeah. I don't see any elements of Japanese horror in Outlast. Yeah, it's more in strands. It's more in the DNA strands of it, right? So, like in the same with Slender, it's more like it. But it's it's following this progression over years. You know, if you have uh, Fatal Frame and Outlast, you're like, where's it coming from? And then we start peeling back the layers. That's where you'll see it. There's elements of it. But it's not a full Japanese horror game, and I wouldn't say that it was. But it's definitely work inclusion. Same with Dead Space. Dead Space doesn't feel like a Japanese horror game at all, but it still has those kind of elements. Same with the Resident, Re Resident Evil, which is a Japanese horror game. <laughs> so you know, it's it's one of those kind of things. Excellent. So we have uh, two more questions. And by the way, if you don't get time to ask us, myself and Dara will be hanging around for a bit. Yeah. And uh, I just want to say, as an obligatory plug. Uh, our Facebook is Nerd to Know Media, yes? I yeah, get I mean, Nerd to Know yeah. Media on everything. Twitch, yeah. uh, the website, uh, YouTube, all that kind of stuff. You it's all there. We have, card, we have cards as well. Uh, well which we we'll hand out at yeah. the end. So, and if you hit us up with a question or a comment on Facebook, more likely it'll end up in the show next week. We want to encourage this kind of community feel. And by the way, I didn't expect to have such a scholarly horror crowd in this. So. Yeah, you've been great. Really, well done, guys. Really, really, really Thank you. Thread, like for the Japanese horror that kind of runs into today's games, it's like, um, here's a normal person. Not even a normal you don't necessarily know how to defend yourself. Yeah, it's, it takes more, time it, 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 it's more taking that uh, fear of the unknown and uh, swapping where you'd feel safe. That's kind of like the trend that's been taken out. So you could be anywhere and it could become a horror game, right? And you'd see that mainly with, like, you know even stuff like American Horror Story now they've kind of gone back to it with the slasher stuff because it does kind of have that um, those tropes are kind of we seem to be going back towards the 80s which is not, not a good thing but yeah it's good to change the things yeah for sure <laughs> anyway, uh, one more uh, anyone else any more last question yes down the back I was hoping just to be you go on there quickly just wondering what do you th just from a movie point of view what do you think of when oh. so we've got the original kind of the garage what do you think of how the West interprets that with their remakes? Because for myself, Badly. I... <laughs> 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 it's a bit like, like when you've got the original Wicker Man versus yeah. like the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man. Yeah. Like, oh, that's brilliant in its own weird, wonderful yeah. way. That's also in the worst horror movie list. Yeah. But uh, no, basically to sum that up real quickly, it's... Because it's a song that's used in Japanese things. Yeah. I think it just goes over the head. For sure, and it's because it's either made by people who see it as a property that they can make money off rather than want them to tell a story. And mm -hmm. uh, like if you had a team of developers or you know, even lads who are into it properly, they would do a great job. Mm -hmm. But if it's just a team that are like, We need to get this out before Q three <laughs> you're gonna get that, you know. So yeah, it's mm -hmm. it, it, it's more kind of what teams involved, right? So now if you have a good Silent Hill team making a good Silent Hill game, you're gonna have a great Silent Hill game. If you have a bad team making a Silent Hill game, you're going to end up with downpour. It's the same kind of thing. So it all depends on who's making it and why. And that's why you see much more honesty in indie games, because they're fans. Like, pretty much anyone who made these indie games were fans of the media that we talked about, playing the, the, the PS2 games. Because they're all, like, my age or younger, so. Excellent. Well, on that note, if any more questions, come talk to us now at the But thank you very much. And uh, we're Nerd to Know Media. You can find us online. And thank you so much for watching. <laughs> I don't see
We've also got business cards up the top if you want our deets. Thank you so much. You are fantastic. Yes, the cards are coming. Cheers. 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 Cheers.